I'm Rob. I'm Michelle. And this is Two, Two Librarians, Librarians Walk Into a, a Shelf. Welcome to episode 38. Today we're going to be talking about Poetry Month and Weddings. I can't think of two things that go together better than poems and weddings. I think you probably could. I probably could. Yeah. Peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> Reese's cups. <laughs> go, go together a little bit better. So anyway, <laughs> it is, is it national? It is National Poetry Month. National Poetry Month. We're celebrating it here at the library. We've got all kinds of poems to read. And I think that you've... You've got a favorite poet you'd like to share with us. I do. My favorite poet is Nikki Giovanni. Uh, she's written several anthologies of her poetry. We can check a bunch of them out in the library. They're all over the system. My favorite poem by her is called Allowables, and I'll read it. I killed a spider, not a murderous brown recluse, nor even a black widow. And if the truth were told, this was only a small sort of papery spider who should have run when I picked up the book, but she didn't, and she scared me, and I smashed her. I don't think I'm allowed to kill something because I'm frightened. That's deep. I love that poem. I don't think it's about spiders. I don't think it is either. How did she know that the spider was a female? I don't know. That's deep. Yeah. Wow. So that's what, that's what good poetry does. Yes. It makes you think. Yes. I'm thinking right now. Good. <laughs> so how did you come to uh, find this poet? I think it was in college. Okay. And I think we read a poem by Nikki Giovanni in a literature class. And I don't remember which one, but I was so interested by the poem that I went and looked for more. You were hooked. Yeah. Did you ever go through a phase where you read a lot of poetry or? Yeah, kind of. Was that in college? Yeah, I was in college. I have a couple of E.E. E. Cummings anthologies. I've got a couple of Nikki Giovanni's anthologies. I have a Mary Oliver anthology. And also, if you're into ancient Roman poetry, you can check out poems by Catullus. He wrote, like, sick burns to his, like, fellow Senate members. <laughs> and also, like, dirty poetry. Was that, like, the first, like, the first example of, like, a creative person having a beef with somebody else and then putting them in their creative works. You know, like how rappers will do that. They'll have a beef with another rapper and they'll sing about each other. No, I highly doubt it was the first one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. he, but we have, for whatever reason, we still have almost all of the poetry that he wrote. So if you're interested in ancient Roman snarky or dirty poetry, you can check out Catullus. That's awesome. Yep. Can't read his stuff on the podcast. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, see, now I want to read him. It's like I've read some Edgar Allan Poe, you know, like, you know, Nevermore, said the Raven. Right. But, um, yeah, I might check him out. I think you'd be interested. I found a, a poem just trying to find something. I don't have a favorite um, poet. I don't have a favorite poem per se. But I found this one because it was about libraries. And this is, this is, a, this is a thinker. Also, this one will get you thinking. Okay. Um, it's, it says it's from Anonymous. It's, uh, it's kind of gloomy, but it's about libraries. Okay. Libraries are forests full of dead trees, words printed on leaves, 
The leaves fall. The dead trees die. Rake the leaves. Burn the leaves. No more trees. Library closed. That also makes you think. That's, that's deep. I would bet a Gen Xer wrote that. Probably his name was Anonymous. Are you sure that was his name? I don't know. Okay. Poetry is everywhere. It is. When we were discussing this podcast, you had even mentioned that a lot of songs can be considered poetry. Mm-hmm. And I found a song that I think exemplifies what you were talking about. Okay. So I don't know if you're familiar. I'm not even going to tell you the name of this song or the song, the, 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 the guys who did it. Maybe you'll recognize it. Maybe you won't. And I'm familiar with this song, but the words sort of were going through my head. And I was like, this is what Michelle was talking about. So there once was a man who was none too good. And then I'd say he was none too bad. At times he was mighty good for a spell. And sometimes he'd go out and he'd raise a little hell. Mediocre Fred. Mediocre Fred. Fred went to work from eight to five and he punched a clock to show he was alive. Went to church every Sunday morn. Sometimes he wondered why he was born. Mediocre Fred. Mediocre. Dull Fred. Fred went to the movies every Saturday night. Liked the TV and the Western fights. And he paid his taxes most every year. And on a hot summer day, why he drank a little beer. Exciting, mediocre Fred. Mediocre Fred. Well, the days went by all dull and gray, and he didn't think much, and he had little to say. And when the full moon rose, he climbed over the moat, find some people sleeping, and he'd bite their throats. Mediocre Fred. Mediocre, dull Fred. That's actually a song by the Smothers Brothers called Mediocre Fred. I do like the Smothers Brothers. So anyway, we will be celebrating Poetry Month all month. And not just this month, every month. Poetry can be celebrated and enjoyed any time of the year. This is true. And there's actually Instagram accounts for poets. Like some poets have Instagram accounts and they share their poetry on Instagram. So even if you're like not interested in picking up a book of poetry, uh, you might feel like following some of the like poetry Instagram accounts. And one that I really like is by Kate J. Bear, B-A-E-R. She started her Instagram account a few years ago sharing just small poems that she wrote about her experiences as a mother, as a woman, just in, in life in general. And they were short. Some were funny. They were always heartfelt. And she took off. Her Instagram account took off. She got a book deal from it. So she's got a book of poems out now. And since her book came out and she, her Instagram account got a lot of press, she gained a lot of followers, she started getting like DMs from people, probably mostly men, talking about how ugly she is or how fat she is or how terrible she is or how she should stop writing and be a mom or your poetry would be better if you would just do this or whatever. And she takes those DMs, she posts them like on her Instagram. And then in the next slide, she has taken that DM, blacked out what she doesn't want and turned it into a poem. 
Oh, that's brilliant. So her second book is going to be an anthology of those poems taken out of her DMs. Oh, that'll teach you to write a nasty gram. Right. So I have enjoyed following her. I think her poems, like I said, they're usually short and heartfelt. And then this, this nice little turn where she's taken these DMs and basically flipped them on themselves. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying following that. So Kate J. Bear, B-A-E-R on Instagram. That's a really cool way of taking some negative energy and just turning it into something cool. I wish I could see the expression on that dude's face. When he realizes. (laughs) When he realizes that she's taken his stupid DM, posted it for the world to see, and then turned it into something completely different. Good for her. Yeah. That's awesome. It is awesome. So that brings us to weddings. Dun, 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 dun. I assume you had a wedding? I did. I had, I've had two weddings. I've been Pretty lucky. cool. Um, weddings, is there anything more stressful? I mean, no. I guess. No. I guess there's some things that are pretty close to it. I don't know. They're very stressful. All right, let me ask you this. This, okay. this is the test. Well, let's just, okay, not, not your wedding, just any wedding. Would you rather be invited to a wedding and have to maybe be in the wedding or would you rather drop somebody off at the airport? I would rather drop someone off at the airport than be in a wedding. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't even know. I can't even, even think about. <laughs> it's like <laughs> defeating to even think about. And of course, like the most recent one I was in was my sister's and I was more than happy to be in her wedding. Sure. I was happy for her and, and I was happy to, to do the bridesmaid responsibilities and, and everything. But I don't want to be in anyone else's. Ever, ever again. There might be one person out there, my like BFF, uh, I would be in her wedding. But I don't want to be in anyone else's. I would rather I would rather taxi people back and forth. Now, that's not to say to contact us here at the show and ask for us to drive you to the airport. No, no, I am or not come an Uber. To, or, or to come to your wedding. No. <laughs> Just the idea of thinking about planning a wedding. Not even paying for a wedding, just all aspects of planning a wedding. It just is super stressful. And yet, I think a trillion people a year get married. I think you're probably right. It's probably not that many, but... Feels like it. It seems like if I get invited to one, it feels like I've already been invited to (laughs) two million of them. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I would rather drop people off at the airport. But I enjoyed my weddings. Now, with my first wife, we were uh, a good bit younger. We were movie fans, and we had this exciting idea to have our wedding at then. It was Hollywood 16, if anybody remembers that. And they were excited about uh, the prospect of hosting something like that. We we were getting all these ideas and figuring out. And, of course, back then it – Whatever it was going to cost is nothing compared to what. Well, I guess now we could do it for a hundred bucks and have twenty people in the theater with us. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Get it for two hours, show a movie behind it. Um, but we were excited. But then, then, and I don't know if this is with everybody, if it was just us. Then some people in the family started having, started sharing their opinions about what the wedding should be, which I just never understood because it was our wedding. And, uh, it got, it got heated enough that we were just, we just finally said, okay, just never mind. 
this is too much hassle. And we ran off. We, we, we crossed the state line into Tennessee, blew into Fayetteville like Bonnie and Clyde and got married out of state. And uh, it sounds, <laughs> if I sound like I'm making it sound silly, I'm not. It was the most amazingly romantic, wonderful uh, day, uh, turning it around after it kind of crashed and burned. And that was really awesome. Um, second wedding, we did it up. We got married on Halloween. It was a giant Halloween wedding party, candy, music, fog machines. That's something weddings don't have enough of, fog machines. I agree. Fog machines, lightning machines. We did it upright. So I've been lucky to do both. And, of course, getting married when you're much older, people have less opinions. This is true. <laughs> which was nice. I so, bet. Uh, that was nice, no, but people uh, definitely had opinions on our wedding. So, <laughs> what did you do? Did you did you do the? Did you run away, or did you have a wedding? Well, I think if I'd had it my way, I we would have eloped. We would have just gone somewhere, maybe just the courthouse. I don't know. We were young and broke. Who knows? Um, but I would have been perfectly happy to just go to Vegas and get married. Uh, other people in the family had stronger opinions, right? About that. And it's not a secret. We've since talked about how they had strong opinions and that's why we did things the way we did. So we had a wedding. It wasn't huge, about a hundred, a few more people, you know, with the wedding ceremony and food and cake and all that. But I hate being the center of attention. I didn't want to do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's, there's one time when a young woman or a woman gets to be the center of attention and she can do or say whatever she wants and her friends make excuses for her and everybody's cool. And that's your wedding day. You aren't a bridezilla. No, you're kidding me. No, I just wanted it to be done. You were young. You should have been like, ah, I don't see myself being that way. Well, I don't anyway, either, but, but like that one day with all the stress. And- it was a lot of stress, but I just wanted it to be done. And I don't, I, like I said, I don't really want to be the center of attention. That's why we didn't like have any dancing or like announcing of the bridal party. You didn't have any dancing? Or, Were no. you footloose? Uh, no. <laughs> I just <laughs> wedding doesn't have dancing? Ours. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> we just, it, uh, I really just wanted it to be done with. Okay. So. Drama and whatever. It was just time for it to be done. Just, uh, it starts at seven, but you seated and we're going to get this over with. I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure everything was over by five <laughs> and we got out of there. Do, uh, do you think young people get married like they used to? Like- I think they wait a lot longer now. I don't think they get married in their early twenties so often. I mean, sure. Some do, but the average age of marriage now is 27. I guess when I've, my first marriage, I think I was, I think we were 25, which, which is, which is a little bit older, but I have a lot of friends who got married like right after high school. No, thank you. Like right at, like right after. No, we were, I was out of college. He was almost done. We were 23 and 24 when we got married. Okay. Well, that's not too far off from. Where no, we're. but our relationship is now old enough to drink. That's awesome. You should take your relationship out for a drink. We probably should. And our marriage is now old enough for a driver's permit. Well, 
that's that works out because now we have a DD. <laughs> you guys are going to need somebody to bring you home from the bar. <laughs> so even though you don't want to plan another wedding, Mm-mm. probably you're like me. You enjoy watching movies, reading books. Do you have any movies that you like about weddings? We've talked about some. Some of them pop up here and there. But do you have any that you that you enjoy watching because of? Yeah. Um, most recently, the one that I think everyone should watch is Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. With Andy Samberg and Christina Milotti. It was a Hulu release, but now it's on DVD. So you can buy a DVD. You can get it from the library, actually. Uh, it's a science fiction-y Groundhog Day scenario where Andy Samberg is stuck in a Palm Springs resort on the date. The date is November 9th and the day plays over and over and over for, for him. Um, he is enjoying that to a, to a degree. Sure. I think like the movie opens up and he's giving this like amazing speech at a wedding and, you know, is making friends with everybody and is clearly enjoying himself. And he meets this, he, he has met this girl Tala and they hang out. And some weird stuff happens, and I don't want to give away any of the weird stuff because it was so bonkers, and I didn't see it coming, and it was the best twist I'd seen in a movie in a really long time. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna expand anymore on that. But yeah, I was prepared for Groundhog Day shenanigans. I just wasn't prepared for the twist of right. all, of all that, and it made me laugh, and it made me feel things and I'm already predisposed to enjoy Andy Samberg movies because right. I like Andy Samberg, especially mature Andy Samberg. But this was a generally enjoyable movie. And I think it is also the perfect movie length. 90 minutes. Tell your story. Be done. Yeah. Yes. That's what I always say. If you need more than 90 minutes to tell your story, you probably need to rethink your story. I also have a book I really like about a wedding. Okay. It's called The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. This is an enemies to lovers romance. You start the movie. It's Amy Torres's wedding. Amy has a twin sister, Olive. Amy is the lucky one. Uh, she always wins everything. And Olive is set up as the unlucky one where like, if something bad can go wrong, it goes wrong for Olive. So we're at Amy's wedding. She has won basically everything for her wedding and contest and sweepstakes. So the dress is paid for, the food is paid for, the reception's paid for, her honeymoon is paid for. I hate her. Right? I hate her just hearing about right? this. So this is like how Olive feels, right? Like everything goes good for Amy, nothing goes good for Olive. So Olive is like helping the day of the wedding go by smoothly and here you know the wedding goes fine. They're at the reception. They're like lining up for like the bridal party entrance and Olive can't find the groom's brother, Ethan. And she's like, the story here is that they hate each other. So she's having to find Ethan and like drag him to be part of the wedding. And the whole day has been Ethan and Olive like, you know, glaring at each other or whatever. So they're at the reception. Ethan won't eat anything at the reception because buffets are gross. Olive can't eat anything because she's allergic to seafood. And it's, of course, a fancy seafood buffet. And then everyone else at the reception gets, like, deathly ill immediately after. So Amy and her now husband can't go on their honeymoon because they're deathly ill in their hotel room. So they convince Ethan and Olive to take their unrefundable one exclusive resort honeymoon in Hawaii together. 
So you can see where this is going. How has this not been made into a movie with Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson? I don't know, but it was so funny. It had me laughing out loud. The addition oh. of Amy and Olive's extended family, the aunties and the uncles, right. their extended Hispanic family is amazing. It's kind of like my big fat Greek wedding in that way. Okay. Just with Hispanic family. You know, it's a romance novel, so hilarity and smooching ensues. <laughs> I think we all know where this is going. Is there a wedding when they get back? No, oh. but the banter is really good in this book. This is a contemporary romance. It's it's kind of steamy, but not nearly as steamy as a lot of modern romance novels. And if you like rom-coms, I think you would really like it. Okay. It was great. I could tell you liked it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> My two top favorite movies about weddings star the same guy. Two-time Academy Award winner, Tom Hanks. The Hanks. Sheriff Woody himself. No, that's wrong. <laughs> the two best movies about weddings, both starring Tom Hanks, more or less. Uh, the first one, He Knows You're Alone. That's a 1980 slasher movie about brides-to-be getting chopped up into uh, taco stuffing. I should have known. And Tom Hanks plays the psych student who's just kind of hanging around a carnival eating popcorn Saying psych stuff, saying psych student stuff, like even though we fear, we'll get on a ride to experience the fear. So he's a deep, deep character, and we suspect he might be the killer because he just kind of pops up. I see. Uh, this was before Tom Hanks was Tom Hanks. I mean, he, they called him Tom Hanks, but he's not like the Tom Hanks that he's we not think America's of. dad yet. No, no, no. So he could have been the killer. He might be. I'm not telling. And you can't check it out from HMCPL because we don't have it. So you'll never know. So you'll never know. Tom Hanks might have been a killer in his first movie. And then, of course, the second movie, the all-time probably greatest comedy ever told. This is like one of the greatest. Like when you think of the greatest movies that will forever be in people's hearts, Bachelor Party from 1984 is definitely a movie he plays Rick, the fun-loving rascal. He drives a school bus for the local Catholic high school. He goes over to his fiance's in you know his in-laws' house, and they play tennis. And he he always he hits the ball with his racket like it's a baseball, knocks it over the fence. I wanted to be that character so bad when I was a kid. I <laughs> wanted to buy a bus. And tool around in a school bus just because Tom Hanks drove a bus in that movie. That's how influential and important this movie was to my life when I was 15. Oh, dear. Well, you know. <laughs> so what are your top five Tom Hanks movies? Oh, gosh. All right. So obviously, I'm a fan of classic Hanks. Bachelor Party, the number one. I mean, that's just probably the best movie ever made. He Knows You're Alone, The Burbs, That Thing You Do, which he also directed. Mm -hmm. It was brilliant. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. And The Money Pit. I love that movie. Love that movie. Your list is trash. Okay. Let's hear your hilarious list. What do you think, even though you're going to be wrong? Number one, The Burbs. Okay. Number two, Toy Story Part One. Ugh. Number three, Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, man. Number four, you've got mail. You're killing me. And number five, that thing you do. 
Okay. Do you have honorable mentions? Oh, yeah. Okay. Honorable mentions. Um, he did a TV movie called Mazes and Monsters. Love that one. He played a character named Robbie, lost his mind playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Dragnet with Dan Aykroyd. Road to Perdition. He was a gangster in that one. Played it straight. A League of Their Own, which I always loved. And then Volunteers with John Candy. And okay. that's the movie he met his wife, Rita Wilson. Aw. How about you? Uh, Toy Story 2 <laughs> through 4. <laughs> The same movie over. Okay. No, it's not. It's the same movie. Apollo 13, Castaway, A League of Their Own, and Big. Big? Yes. Where he makes the wish? Yes. <laughs> I know you think it's greasy. It's just, shouldn't he have just gotten big? Like, shouldn't he have been a kid? Like, if they remade that, wouldn't they remake it now and he'd just be a big kid and they'd use CGI, kind of like how they made everybody small in the. Uh, Lord of the Hobbit movies or whatever they were. Maybe. You're probably right. That's probably what they would do now. It would, just be, it would a, be just like Lord just of the be, Hobbit. <laughs> He'd be like Yoda, right? He just, but they'd make him big. He'd just be like this big giant kid. He'd be, he'd be like the 50 foot woman, only he'd just be a big kid. He'd that be like a terrible. giant 12 year old. Ugh. Imagine the stink. Like who? Like fifty foot twelve year old. Who, who in the right mind is twelve and wants to be a grown up? I mean, what did he have to do? What's the first thing he had to do? He had to get a job, so he wasn't living in the streets. But he, he got a job at a toy store. I'm not saying he didn't get a cool job. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think that uh, that wraps it up right there. Now, if you want some other recommendations, we did find some other wedding. Films in the uh, Huntsville Madison County Public Library system. Yeah, I found Destination Wedding. That was a good one from 2019 with Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves, The Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler in the 80s. Best soundtrack. Uh, that was one with Drew, Drew Barrymore. They did a couple of pretty good movies. The Wedding Ringer with uh, Kevin Hart, Runaway Bride, and then. Not a romantic comedy, but Ready or Not, which is a movie I love. And that's uh, the bride on the wedding night has to play a game of uh, stay alive with her new in-laws. It's a great movie. I've heard that's a good movie, but I don't think I'm watching that one. I think you would like it. The twist at the end. It's so over the top. It's not going to bother you. Okay. Maybe I'll give it a try. It's crazy. Okay. If you haven't seen Ready or Not, I recommend it. It's a great wedding movie. Um, I found my big fat Greek wedding. That's a good one. I think everyone should watch that. Oh, yeah. Mama Mia, Bridesmaids, and I know you're a fan of Kristen Wiig. Yes. Crazy Rich Asians, which I thought was better than the book, Don't At Me. And Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. That was. That's a great movie. Really funny. That was better than I expected. Oh, for sure. Aubrey Plaza is perfect in that movie. With uh, um, Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. The two of them should probably do some more movies together. I agree. They could do a new Thelma and Louise. They could. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, no matter what they try to tell you, no matter what they say, don't don't trust trust robots. robots. Bye, kids. The views expressed by the hosts are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the Huntsville-Madison County Library System. 
For more information on the Huntsville-Madison County Public Library, visit us online at hmcpl.org. If you'd like to learn more about some of the topics discussed today, visit your local library, which is us. No representation is made that your librarian is more knowledgeable than other librarians or that they have any expertise on your particular project. What? Uh, what about you? <laughs> I think my Red Bull's wearing off. Oh, no. So